Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. And thank you so much for joining us here on America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. With Scott Kirshner and Dave Ross and myself, my name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. It's 419-794-3030 online, ARHQ.com. Today on the show, why Valentine's Day might be the right time to look at estate planning. Who's required to enroll in Medicare A and B at 65? And are we making too big a deal about Social Security solvency? All this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Scott, Dave, glad to be with you. How are you doing today? Oh, we're doing really well, Chris. Uh, Dave, thanks for uh, being on the show. It's uh, been a little time since I've been on as well. But uh, Nolan is uh, out for a couple of weeks uh, doing some business trips. And, uh, well, business trips according to what he calls them, right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we're, we're doing well. Anxious to get rolling in the show. And um, Well, good. Glad to hear it. We appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to spend with the listeners as well. Hopefully give them a little insight, a little bit more uh hopefully confidence as they enter into retirement. And, you know, one, one of the bigger issues, I think everybody wants to know how much money they're actually going to need to save to retire and opinions. They're all over the place. Get this one, for example, Shark Tank's Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, he said this recently on his podcast. You have to get to a place where you have $5 million in the bank because you can survive the rest of your life no matter what happens and your family. You can take care of a lot of people making 6 or 7% of $5 million. When you make that, you have to set that aside and you don't risk it. Then after that, you can start to take risk capital and put it to work. So I know what I did when I first heard that, but what, what is your reaction when you hear a number like that, like you need $5 million? What, what do you make of this that, that you have to save that and then still have to take some risk in the market? You know, when, when I hear that, and, and I'm not in your lane, Dave, but when I hear $5 million, I think of our clients. I think of a lot of people that I know in my circle of friends. And I don't know, I don't know too many people that actually have $5 million to retire on. You know, so is that number realistic? Is, you know, I understand what he said was if you've got $5 million invested and you're getting 5 6% interest on that, you're going to be able to take care of a lot of people. Well, yeah, you got $5 million earning a lot of money on that. But most of the people that we deal with don't have $5 million. Do you see that in, in the claims that you work with? Well, working in Northwest Ohio, the cost of living, I, I don't know where O'Leary lives, but I'm sure it's in a high-end location. And the people that he's dealing with on the, the other sharks, they're all living in high-end, high cost of living environments in Toledo and Northwest Ohio. You don't need that kind of money. And I, I think, you know, I've talked to my children. I have a, a 21 and soon to be 19 and a soon to be 17 year old at home. And I told them that they might need three to $5 million when they retire in 40 years, because we don't know what things are going to cost in 40 years. But, that number, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a no-risk number. If, if you have $5 million, you can live whatever kind of life you want and not have to worry about much. 
Yeah, you know, one of the things that obviously you and Nolan and, and the group that, um, you know, do the investments with everybody is they, uh, I know when I first started working closely with the team and actually um, um, took up office here in the building, there were, they had these nice little gifts that they made for million dollar clients, you know. So one of the things that, that Nolan does is when somebody reaches, when their assets hit a million they send them a nice little gift saying, congratulations, you've entered the Millionaire Club, right? Which is kind of neat. You know, and like you said, Dave, around this area, uh, you know, five million, I don't know. I mean, be, yeah, you may want five million depending on your lifestyle. It depends on what kind of traveling you do, what kind of plans you have, if you're going to be a world traveler. But I guess the big thing is when it comes to the people that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, how do you help them get to that million dollar investment if that's their goal. When I first came back into financial services, it was in 2008. There were people that wanted to exit the market and there were people that said, just move me to cash. Well, what we had to do with those folks is to get them to get back in the game, which quite honestly was March of 2009. Because at that point, there was a hedge fund guy from Pittsburgh by the name of David Tepper. I believe he owns the Carolina Panthers football franchise. He did an interview on CNBC and basically said, it doesn't matter what you buy, buy anything, it's all going to go up. And he was right. And it led to an unbelievable rally that lasted for several years. Uh, but still, there were some people that had a hard time getting back into the risk side of investing and the people that never got back in their losses were permanent. They'll never recover from the 2008 drop. Well, here's a couple things that should be noted. Uh, Kevin O'Leary, he's from Montreal. I don't know if that's $5 million well, Canadian. It's true. Still, it's still a lot of money. It's still, <laughs> we're talking millions. And I, I don't think people out there should hear a number like that and be deterred because it depends on your lifestyle, what you're comfortable with. You know, you may not need, $5 million. You probably don't need $5 million. You may not need a million dollars. And you know, I don't want you to feel like because you saved, you know, a couple hundred thousand or, or what have you, that, that you're never going to be able to retire. My challenge to you uh, out there is to give a call and sit down and speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, because quite frankly, you, you may find out, A, you're in better shape than, than you thought and that you can actually create a plan. The team can create a plan for you. Or on the other side of it, maybe there is work that needs to be done. But then you'll know the steps that you have to take. And I think that is that is invaluable and, and how to get to wherever you want to be, whether that is, you know, seeing a, a game at every baseball stadium or spending more time with the grandkids, whatever it is, putting pen to paper is the challenge, regardless of how much you save towards retirement and see how to get there. The phone number, 419-794-3030. Real easy to get in touch with, 419-794-3030. And you can find them online as well. Schedule a time there. Always available day and night, ARHQ.com. Back in 1978, when the 401k was uh, invented, more or less, and employers started adopting it, it was missing that monthly paycheck that the pension provided. It was supposed to replace that, put the onus on on the employee itself. Uh, Dan Doonan is the executive director of the National Institute on Retirement Security, and he explains on CNBC that, quite frankly, it is up to us to make that money last. And it's not really the 401k itself that's creating the inefficiencies. It's really four-fifths of the inefficiencies come post-retirement. When you leave your 401k and you need to figure out how to spend down, you have to be a little more conservative investing and how long you expect to live. 
as we said many times on the show, you know, coming down the mountain is, is more difficult than, than going mm-hmm. up. He's saying we need to have an income strategy for our money to make it last, yet he uses the term spend down when it comes to your money. Let's talk about that. What exactly, uh, what's the difference there? Well, you know, I, I have had a great deal of experience with this, you know, and then a lot of people when they hear spend down, they really don't know exactly what spend down means, right? I know in in, in my lane, um, Medicaid and Medicare, not so much Medicare, but if you're Medicaid eligible, a lot of people say, well, I don't know, the Social Security Administration office told me I have to do a spend down. Um, the spend down, the terminology basically means the same. What they have to do is they have to liquidate their assets to they have to spend down their money and liquidate their assets in order to qualify for Medicaid, right? And and um, if if they have too many resources available but still don't have enough to live, then that spend down is kind of like, um, for lack of a better term, maybe a deductible. They have to spend that first before Medicaid kicks in. Um, but with with four hundred one ks. You know, why don't you why don't you say what uh, Dan uh, was talking about when he was referring to spend downs in the four hundred one k world? You can look at spend downs in a couple different viewpoints. The first one is required minimum distributions. Now the the laws have changed where now you can be seventy three years old before the government mandates that you start drawing down on your on your uh, retirement savings. So the, the married couple who has no debt and social security covers all of their expenses, mm-hmm. they can delay drawing down on their retirement savings as long as they can. And that's going to scale up to 75 here over a period of time. Then you've got the other people who have they're collecting the same things. They might be collecting a pension. They might be collecting social security and it doesn't quite cover all of the things that they need money for. So you start, they start tapping into their retirement savings at maybe very early on in the retirement process. So where we come in at America's retirement headquarters is we need to craft a strategy that Let's people know how we're going to take it, where we're going to take it, and for how long we're going to take it, and to build in pay pay raises, so to speak, increases in retirement income to offset inflation. And so the, the term spend down means different things to different people, but we deal with all of that kind of stuff here, and it's a very individualized discussion for each client. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I hear Nolan talk about a lot. He's talked about it a lot on the radio. Um, and, you know, um, there again, I, I stay in my lane, but I listen to you guys. I listen to your appointments and, and um, you know, I can hear and I, I learn a lot of information just by being in the same room with you guys. And, and one of the things that Nolan uh, has created and, and um, trademarked is the independent income system. And that's exactly what you were talking about. You know, with that independent income system, it, you you diversify your portfolio in different income buckets. You know, you may have an aggressive bucket. You may have a bucket that you're going to need set aside for uh, health care. Um, you're going to have a um, emergency fund and then your income streams, you know. So you're going to diversify and, and, and create the um, the money sitting in buckets 
Uh, and that's his independent income system. You know, Dave, one of the things when when I first started working back 40, gosh, it's been 44 years ago now, um, you, you know, I, I signed up for a 401k, an investment account way back in the day, right? And there's one thing that I, I think has happened that it's kind of like that aha moment for me or the, the light switch came on. And it's um, uh, I heard Chaz talking about this on the radio in, in uh, one of our shows um, a year ago or so. And it was the 59 and a half in-service rollover. And that has direct uh, correlation with the 401k plans, right? Yes. And, and as he explained that, we went to break and I asked him, I said, what in the world? I didn't really even realize you could do that. So basically you're taking an in-service rollover. You're taking the money. If you're 59 and a half or older and you are still working and you're contributing into the 401k, you can take that money out that's in there, invest it with you, continue working, continue taking advantage of the employer match and still build that back up in, in, in the 401k, but take and get control of that money. So I guess when, uh, you know, Dan was talking about the, you know, the income stream and the strategies happens after retirement, when you take that money out, you can start that well before you retire and well before, um, you know, you need to put together some sort of a strategy. You could do that well before then, right? I mean, you do that quite frankly, don't you? Do it more more than half of the time. <laughs> So people have to realize that when you're in a 401k plan, you are limited by the choices that that plan has. Exactly. And if those choices don't fit the bill for what you're looking for, you'd be smart to consider a, a in-service rollout and place the, you place the money where it's going to do the most good for you you have the universe of investment choices here sure. and you don't have that with the 401k. And I will also say this about 401ks over the last 10 to 15 years, the number of choices have become a lot more limited and a lot more quote age based or those mm -hmm. target date funds. And it's hard for people to get their arms around what those funds actually invest in. So it's a worthwhile visit to see if if that is something doing an in-service rollover makes sense for you and how we can help uh, set it up so that it maximizes the benefit to each client. Yeah, I had a, an appointment uh, a week or so ago. I, I think it was two weeks ago when I had a, a couple came in and um, he was 63. And I, I mentioned that very thing because he said, well, he got some money in, uh, in a 401k. And I said, um, you know, his name was actually Dan. I said, Dan, have you actually thought about doing an in-service rollover? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, if you take that money, you can control it. And his wife, she says, you know, I know nothing about this stuff. You know, she's the type of person uh, kind of like I am where the eyes glass over when you start talking on, uh, you know, the investments. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And she says, why would that benefit us? I says, well, that's because you can take control. You can determine exactly how aggressive, like you said, you have a cafeteria style plan and you're only allowed to invest in those. And not only that, you know, there are a lot of advisors out there that sign up people up for a 401k. They meet with the employer, they come in, they do that initial contact and you may not even see him again after that. So, you know, if you're looking to do anything with 401ks, we, we really help people out a lot with the, um, 
the in-service rollovers, and actually during retirement, taking that money and rolling it into uh, some good accounts with the investors here at America's uh, retirement headquarters. And Any money saved towards your retirement is obviously a good thing. I was about to say that investing is easy. That is not true. That is not the case. <laughs> Putting money away towards your retirement, if you've got the luxury of a 401k, that is you know fairly, fairly simple to do if you've got the means to do it. But making it work as optimally for you as possible uh, that takes a little bit of fine-tuning, and quite frankly, the, the 401ks may not necessarily be the way to do it if there is a way to make your money work harder for you, especially as you get closer and closer to retirement, because the truly difficult thing is taking that money out and making it last for the course of your retirement. That's where having that plan comes into play. That's where the team in America's retirement headquarters comes into play, and you can get in touch with them by reaching out and giving a call, 419-794-3030, or visiting them on the website, always available day and night, arhq.com. Now, a major component in everyone's retirement plan is Social Security, but we keep hearing that Social Security will go broke if something isn't done soon. There are warnings that the program will pay out more than it brings in starting as early as 2033, uh, less than 10 years, possibly triggering big cuts in benefits. But the reality is most of Social Security's funding comes from paycheck withdrawal, so it probably isn't going to disappear altogether. I have to wonder, th this fear, has it become an issue with clients when they come in? Is that their, their, one of their major concerns? They see people making bad choices when it comes to Social Security that could be a bigger problem down the line? You know, when um, I meet with everybody that uh, needs Medicare and, and you sign up for Medicare on the Social Security website, okay, that's, that's you know, they go hand in hand, Social Security and, and, the, and the Medicare. And surprising to me, uh, and it, quite frankly, it is surprising to me that a lot of people really don't even think about it. I mean, they they don't even comment. And, it, and Chris, like you said, I mean, 2033, it's actually printed on the Social Security statement. Um, I had a couple in the other day and they they said, yeah, I'm not even worried about it, which shocked me, you know. Um, so they may and I, I got to tell you. You know, I, I kind of feel that same way. So when I meet with clients and when we're talking about Social Security and they ask me when they should sign up in that, um, uh, and I explain to them about 2033 and I, I want to get their input on that, most people really aren't concerned about it. And I look at it a couple of ways. One, I find it really, really hard to believe that a, a government that we have that spends money like drunken sailors, right, I have a hard time believing that they're going to let this system go broke. I mean, they didn't, they did not let the automakers back several years ago, they bailed them out to the tune of $963 billion. And I can't believe that they're going to let the social security um, trust fund go, go bankrupt or go broke. Now we've talked before that we may see things a little different. You know, my, uh, retirement age for us versus retirement age for our kids may be a different um, uh, time period, and that payout may be a you know a different percentage. But to to go broke, I just I just don't see that. Do you, what do you think? Can you imagine being a politician <laughs> that basically says, "I'm sorry, folks." Social Security is illiquid and your benefits are terminated. Well, there, good luck getting reelected on that scenario. Oh, sure. So the rules are going to change. The rules are going to evolve. And they're probably, probably going to address some things 
in regards to, quote, high income earners and how much of the Social Security benefit they can get. But you know what? The thing I would keep coming back to is that your decision on when to turn on Social Security, once you've done that, that's irrevocable. That's lifetime. So being an older guy with young kids, I'm going to be working past the age of 70. So therefore, I'm going to optimize my Social Security benefit. So if I'm getting an increased benefit, plus there's cost of living adjustments that are driving that number, over the next seven years, I can I can overcome any kind of a benefit cut mm-hmm. that Social Security Administration may administer. And not knowing what that would be, I, I've heard 20%. Well, over the next five years, 20% could very well be COLAs. Sure. So therefore, if I turn it on at 70, the benefit, even if it's cut, might be what my projected monthly retirement benefit is. People need to spend a lot more time figuring out when is the right time for them. I have done some of these optimized Social Security proposals, and most times when I present them, people say, gee, I never looked at it that way. Sure. That maybe they should be looking at, quote, from the last segment, spending down on their IRA money to maximize the value of their Social Security benefit when they turn it on. You know, you you brought up a real good point. It actually is exactly in this um, in this topic here. You know, most of uh, a good portion of the actual Social Security gets its uh, bulk of the funding from payroll taxes. And, um, you know, like you said, since people are going to perpetually need to work, you're going to continue to see those payroll taxes that are going to actually keep putting money into the coffers, so to speak, you know, like you, I love what I do. It's not a, um, I'm I'm very, very fortunate. It's not a job where I have to be out in the elements, um, you know, and I'm not, you know, on the, on the line, uh, beating my body up or anything of that nature. I love meeting people. I love helping people and it's, it's, it's fun. I thoroughly enjoy it. I look forward to coming in every day and I have no reason to stop working unless something crazy happens, you know? So I'm going to continue to be paying my social security taxes. I'm going to continue to pay my Medicare taxes and we're going people are not retiring at 65. You know, the old adage used to be what happens when you turn 60, you have your 65th birthday, you sign up for social security, you sign up for Medicare and you retire. Well, a lot of that's not happening right now. Like you said, there's you have to determine and, and meet with us and, and find out if Social Security, have a uh, Dave run a um, Social Security optimization report to determine what's going to work for your needs, what's going to be the best option for you. And as always, if you need anything from us, we're, we're here and available. And not just the optimization report, but the Social Security risk score is something that the team at America's mm-hmm. Retirement Headquarters does if uh, down the line, Social Security benefits do get reduced, whether that is through a reduction in benefits or means testing or, you know, finding ways to replace that income or, or what that's going to look like for your retirement plan. Because it's better to to be prepared, uh, Boy Scout motto, uh, be prepared. Uh, and then whatever comes down the line and that you've got a plan in place with it, having that optimization report done, having the risk score run 
Uh, you can you can combo it. Just give a call and schedule a time to speak with the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, 419-794-3030, or go to the website at ARHQ.com. Another thing that you probably don't want to forget, guys, is Valentine's <laughs> Day coming up this Wednesday. I think it's kind of hard to, to forget that. But uh, as we celebrate Valentine's Day, an article in Forbes suggests that we use the holiday of love as a reminder of something that you may not have on the list beyond roses and chocolates and things like that, estate planning. It says putting a plan in place demonstrates how much you care about the people that you love. And if you already have a plan, well, it's a good time to take another look at it and update it. Uh, Guys, what kind of worries can a solid estate plan address and how do you guys help with that? Well, okay, so Dave and even Chris, I'm going to ask you this too. I'm going to put you both on the spot. So if you come home Wednesday and you have, instead of a box of candy or a card, you say, hey, honey, guess what? I've got things all taken care of this year for Valentine's Day. We're going to settle our estate planning and get everything put in place. How do you think that's going to go over? (laughs) Chris, what do you think your wife's going to say to that one? I mean, quite frankly, uh, because we've also got an eight-year-old in the house, he's he's not going to care anything about that. It has nothing to do with dinosaurs, and (laughs) I don't think she's going to be too thrilled herself, so... Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I will tell you, you know, it it it, it is a way to show, um, you know, love and appreciation. And the lack of preparing for this is is very very detrimental to a family and, and can be. You know, I I guess the one thing that I want to start out with uh, on on this particular segment is, what exactly does an estate plan do? You know, I mean, that's the big question. Why do people need it? Right. Well. In order to determine whether you need one is you have to know exactly what it's for. And an estate plan provides a roadmap uh, so loved ones aren't left guessing uh, what you want during your lifetime, right? I mean, it, it basically puts things in order for you um, and, and kind of puts that roadmap together so you know exactly what's going on. So Nolan and I have, and we talked about this many, uh, many times before on the show, but Nolan and I have actually put together uh, what we refer to as the ultimate estate planning guide. And, you know, there are plenty of these guides out there, right? If you talk to your attorney about this, he's going to have a, he's going to have a 10, 15 page um, planning guide that you're going to fill out all of these lines, line, you know, with all of the different options. Uh, but what, what Nolan and I did was we took that a step further. And part of the reason why is because I've experienced this uh, firsthand when my dad passed. And then uh, actually I I saw and witnessed when my grandmother passed all of the headaches and and heartache that can be brought into the dynamics when you don't have a plan put together. You know, so one of the things, you know, we have all of the basic stuff in in the estate planning guide, you know, the, the beneficiaries and the list of the accounts and things like that. But one of the things we did was we went a step further and um, I said, you know, let's put in there kind of like if you move to a new city, what's the first thing you do is you go to the most people. If you go to the um, chamber of commerce in that particular town, they're going to have a a piece of paper put together. And some people actually um, the real estate companies will have this too. And it's a list of the electric company and the phone number and uh, things like that. Well, I kind of put that into our our guide because when dad passed, he had um, the direct uh, TV cable bill was taken right off of a charge card that he had. And it was in his name. Well, when he passed, I wasn't on the the account. My mom wasn't on the account. 
And these people refused to talk to either one of us. They said, uh, you don't have authorization to take care of this. And uh, we didn't know the account numbers. We didn't know passwords. So think of this. If you're the one that's taking care of the checkbook, if you're the one taking care of all of the bills, the cell phone bill, the electric bill, all of these have passwords. All of these have account numbers, emails. You know, if you're getting emails and all of a sudden you pass and, you know, if you're a business person, you're still getting emails sent there. If it's something important and your wife or loved one doesn't know how to get into that email address uh, and look at those emails, you could be missing out or she or they could be missing out on some very important things. So, you know, this is something that we take very seriously here. We've experienced it. Um, the last thing you want to do is have a uh, difficult discussion at Thanksgiving because it causes a lot of problems if you don't have something put in place to uh, actually make sure that everything's taken care of. Well, we recently went through the loss of my wife's mother, my mother-in-law, and I will say this. We took care of her cell phone, mm -hmm. so therefore I went over to Verizon and canceled it. Sure. And you know what? Bringing up the things that you brought up, what, what would have happened if it would have been in her name? Mm -hmm. um, she had cable. Sure. You know, I, I will say this. These things are all very real, but I think the most important thing about estate planning is to have a meaningful discussion with your loved ones and to make an effort to find out what it is they want, sure. what they want to accomplish, and what where they want to see things go and to whom. But all of these things, you know, having the right powers of attorney, having right. the right, um, having a person on a bank account to be able to go in and, and deal with the credit card, that's so important. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that don't have these things. And it's a valuable, it's valuable decisions, valuable discussion topics that need to be have. You know, and, and I find that the the hardest thing is a lot of people refuse to talk about it. They just don't want to talk about, you know, end of life. I mean, uh, my mother being one of them, she doesn't want anything to do with it. She don't want to talk about it, right? And well, you know, I'm sorry, but things are going to happen, you know. And one of the things um, that we've actually done here at the office is, uh, I know Troy's been on the show before. Um, we've actually tasked him with uh, um, working on with people on their prepaid funeral, you know, so... Um, getting things put in place while you're able to make those decisions is a lot easier than to have somebody else make them for you. Granted, you're not going to be here, but uh, if if they know what you want, it takes the guesswork out of it. And, and when you get in the situation where you're in a room with uh, siblings, that can be very, very daunting. And because um, I can guarantee you're not all going to agree on what you thought mom wanted or dad wanted. Um, so it's important to get things put together prior to that, while you're able to make those decisions. And, and, uh, there again, I guess when you look at it, um, um, addressing it at Valentine's day for the loved ones that you have is the perfect way to show them that I'm not going to leave you with his burden. You know, we hear so many stories out there about celebrities whose uh, estate is in disarray prints. Uh, Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. James Brown, of course. We hear about them not just because, well, we hear about them because they're famous. And, and and here's the thing is that it happens every single day to people like you and me who aren't in the public spotlight. And it can be avoided with a little bit of preparation. You don't have to be 
uh, like we, we talked about with George, uh, with uh, with Kevin O'Leary earlier. You don't have to be you know a multimillionaire to need sure. estate planning, but uh, it can it can avoid a lot of headaches and, and quite frankly heartache down the line just with a little bit of preparation. This ultimate estate planning guide, something the team at America's Retirement Headquarters uh, has prepared to help walk you through the steps and make it as as hopefully a, a, as painless as possible, so you can uh, take advantage of that, and get a copy of that, and begin the planning process by reaching out four one nine seven nine four. 3030. Let's talk about America's Medicare Associates here, Scott. Uh, we've talked about the different enrollment periods, annual election period, open enrollment that come with Medicare. What happens, you know, when, when the calendar changes, those periods end, and you happen to turn 65? Who is required to actually enroll in Medicare A and B? Well, Chris, that's a that's a great question, and um, that's obviously in my lane. Now we're talking my language, right? Um something I'm very passionate about, and most people that meet with me can tell that. But um, one of the things, um, just because these enrollment periods end, doesn't mean that you're not going to get a birthday and turn 65. So here's here's what happens. If you are turning 65, um, first, if you or your spouse are no longer working, then you must sign up for Medicare, okay? So if you don't have credible coverage through yourself, or your spouse through an employer, then you must sign up for Medicare. Uh, Secondly, if you are on COBRA, so let's say that uh, you terminate COBRA or retire and, or terminate work and you are on COBRA, retire early and take out um, uh, extended coverage on COBRA, COBRA does not constitute credible coverage for Medicare. And what I mean by that is it doesn't mean that you don't have to sign up for Medicare if you're on COBRA. It means you do have to sign up for Medicare. Uh, A third person that would be um, required to sign up is if you are on the uh, Unaffordable Care Act, uh, I refer to that because I had a client in um, actually last week and uh, his premiums were off the charts. He looked at me and said, this is horribly unaffordable. I go, that's exactly why I refer to it as that. But in any case, if you are on the, an an ACA plan, um, that is not credible coverage. So you would, if you are on, uh, an individual product, uh, you would need to sign up for Medicare as well. If you work for a small group, now, this would be under 20, so 19 employees on payroll or less. You would definitely want to sign up for Medicare as well. And that that's a lot of confusion with a lot of people is about that one there. Uh, and I'm going to explain why you need to sign up for these in just one second. Now, last on my list here is TRICARE. Now, don't confuse TRICARE with the VA benefit because the VA benefits help our veterans. TRICARE is for those in the military that retire from the military. They get what's called TRICARE for life, okay? If you are on TRICARE, you still need to enroll in Medicare Part A and B. Uh, Now, the important thing to remember for COBRA, the ACA, small group, TRICARE, and uh, why you need to sign up for these, because what happens is Medicare A and B become your primary coverage, okay? So if you're on COBRA or um, an ACA plan, individual plan, or a small group or TRICARE, that is your secondary insurance, okay? 
If you do not sign up for Medicare A and B, then you become the payer first. The other important thing to think about uh, as to why you want to sign up when you're eligible is because if you do not sign up and you don't have credible coverage, then what's going to happen is you could suffer a penalty. And that penalty sticks with you for life. It doesn't go away. It hangs with you for life. That penalty for not signing up for Part B is a 10% penalty. And that penalty is 10% for each year that you did not enroll that you should have. Simple math, if you go two years without signing up and then decide to sign up for Medicare, 20% penalty. Now that penalty is a, you know, well, what's the penalty? Penalty of what? The Part B premium. Okay, right now, the standard income earner, individual is 101 on your tax return, 101,000. For a couple, it's 202,000. So if you are under those income levels, then you uh, would pay 174.70 for 2024, and your 20% penalty would obviously be roughly $35 in addition to that. Okay, so that's the important reasons why, if you are outside of those enrollment periods, that's why you're going to want to sign up for Medicare when you turn 65. And um, uh, you know, I'm here to help you with with all of that. When I do my educational events, um, one of the things I do is I'll, I'll ask a question to the audience, those in attendance, and and uh, I usually have to uh, um, um, I have to prepare them when I ask this question. And I say, if you're sitting across from this particular person, uh, please forgive me. But one of the things I ask is a show of hands: How many of you have a a friend, a loved one, a family member, a coworker, an employer that tells you? When you turn 65, you have to sign up for Medicare. And a lot, almost everybody raises their hand, right? And this is what I tell them, okay? Shake your head and acknowledge them and thank them because they mean well. I mean, they really do. They, they mean well. The problem is they don't know your situation and they really don't know what they're talking about because they don't have all of the information. So you brought up a good point. If you are working for an employer over 20, now remember in this segment I mentioned under 20, you have to sign it. If you're working for an employer over 20 employees and they are offering you health insurance, then you do not have to sign up for A or B. You do not have to. Now, a lot of people say, well, sign up for A because it's free. That's true unless you have an HSA account, a health savings account. You can no longer contribute to that if you're signed up for A or B. So in your particular situation with your wife having coverage, you know, you don't, you do not have to actually enroll in Medicare. You know, so one of the things that, that we do here at uh, AMA, you know, Troy and myself is um, we get into the numbers and we, we determine whether it makes sense to sign up for it. Um, a couple I met with um, uh, just yesterday, Friday, I met with them and uh, his wife was paying a thousand dollars a month and he was paying 900 a month on the, um, Unaffordable Care Act and um, Medicare is one hundred seventy four seventy. So it obviously makes sense to drop that employer or that uh, plan that they have and go on to Medicare. So if you want to know how uh, this would would work for you, what you're eligible for, and how to sign up for all of this, let us know here at um, AMA. It all starts with that phone call four one nine seven nine four. 
3030 if you have questions about your Medicare eligibility. And actually, Scott mentioned these events. Uh, lots of Medicare workshops coming up actually uh, in the next couple of weeks. You can find all of that info, including how to go ahead and reserve your seat, uh, register and reserve your seat by going to ARHQ.com and clicking on the events tab. Now, Scott, we have talked about who is and isn't required to sign up for Medicare when they turn 65 A and B. Uh, let's actually talk about the process. If they are uh, required to sign up for Medicare or if they elect to, I suppose, uh, let's talk about that that process. How can they enroll? How do you help them with that process? Well, yeah, Chris, that's that's one of the things that we kind of pride ourselves on here. Um, we do some things that a lot of other brokers and agencies out there don't do. Um, there are a lot of great ones out there, but we do some things a little different. So if you are turning 65 and you need to sign up for, for Medicare, here's some of the steps we're going to help you with and some of the steps you need to take. First, if you are not taking Social Security, then you, and we talked about this earlier, Dave, you know, we're not going to take Social Security. If you are not taking Social Security, then you need to self-enroll. What that simply means is you have to be proactive and enrolling in Medicare. The first thing you need to do is establish a My Social Security account. You do that on SSA.gov. If you haven't created that account, that's the first thing you need to do. Uh, if you work with AMA, we'll do all of this for you, by the way. Once you've created the My Social Security account on SSA.gov, then you can actually go out there and there's a, a blue link that says start my Medicare application or your Medicare application. There are sensitive times that are uh, very important to not miss out on. So if you, uh, I think you mentioned September. Okay, so your enrollment period, and we're going to pick on you because you're here to defend yourself, right? Your enrollment period is three months prior to September, the month of September, and three months after September. So that's your IEP or your initial enrollment period. That's when you can enroll in Medicare if you so desire. What day of the month is it? Your 28th. 28th, okay. Typically what happens is your initial period will start September 1st. So your coverage date, because it's the 28th, your coverage starts September 1st. Now, if your birthday was actually September 1st, then you are bumped to the previous month. So your coverage date would actually be August 1st, okay? So, um, you know, and that's, a lot of people don't even realize that, right? So, so if you, um, um, you have that three-month period before the month of and three months after. If if you miss that period, then the penalties kick in, right? Uh, now, if you are taking Social Security, it's a little bit different if you are taking Social Security. You will automatically be enrolled in Medicare. You won't have to do anything. Now, any Social Security benefits, that includes survivor benefits. That includes spousal benefits. Uh, Social Security Disability, um, you are automatically eligible for Medicare once you've been disabled for a 24-month period. You will automatically be enrolled in Medicare Parts A and B, okay? So the way you sign up is if you're not taking Social Security, you have to be proactive and enroll. If you are taking Social Security, then you will automatically be enrolled. Now, let's say, for example, you're taking Social Security and you are still working and you have employer coverage. You will automatically be enrolled, but you don't want it. 
So what you need to do, there's two things. There's a form, there's a CMS form. Uh, a CMS stands for the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. You fill that form out, you send your ID card back, and they disenroll you. Typically, what most people do, and the easiest thing to do, is you turn that card over and you sign your name and check a box saying, I would like to disenroll in Medicare Part B. You send that back in the envelope they provide, and you are disenrolled. And then once you uh, retire and lose your credible coverage, then we re-enroll you in the, in the Medicare Part A and B. So um, there are several ways to do this. We take care of all of this for you. Uh, we'll sit down with you and create your My Social Security account. So if you don't have a computer or access to one and you need to sign up and, and do a self-enroll, the other option is to actually get in touch with the Social Security Administration office. Now, I don't know if, if, if uh, you know of anybody that's tried to communicate and work with them. That's a, a very daunting task. Um, but what will happen is they will actually schedule a phone interview for you. Uh, and if they schedule uh, three weeks from Thursday at 2 o'clock, you better be ready to answer that phone. Because if you don't, you miss on, out on that opportunity. And then it'll be three weeks from the next Thursday. Okay. What they'll do is they'll actually uh, talk to you over the phone. They'll do the online or the over-the-phone application with you. They'll get you enrolled in Medicare. And then... Um, uh, the next steps are just to kind of sit back and be patient and wait until you get your Medicare card. So for any of you that are out there that are, are confused about Medicare, it is it can be very confusing and overwhelming. Um, we are here to eliminate that confusion, take as much of that stress off of your uh, shoulders and plate as, as possible. If you need help creating a My Social Security account, if you need help doing your online application for Medicare, or any of the other items that we've talked about, please reach out. Um, our number here at AMA Direct is um, 419-794-3053. That number will get us get you directly to AMA. And, um, you know, we're, we're here to help. And if you have any questions about your retirement uh, as a whole, as it pertains to Medicare, you know, the income side of it, taxation, because it all, it all works together, not having a plan in place can work against you, quite frankly, uh, the team at America's Retirement Headquarters, which includes the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. They're available online, ARHQ.com. You can schedule a time as well over the phone, 419-794-3030. want to thank you, as we always do, for joining us this week here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. Gentlemen, thank you for the time. And as we wrap up, want to leave you with the final word. Once again, like you mentioned, Chris, we've got a lot of um, uh, events coming up. I've got some Medicare events that are going to be held at the uh, Red Lobster on Monroe Street um, coming up here in the end of February and then a Red Lobster in Maumee at the end of February. You can find those on our website at ARHQ.com. I want to thank you, Dave, for uh, joining, uh, joining me today, and, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. 
Uh, remember, if you're looking for retirement or Medicare, you can find us at America's Retirement Headquarters, ARHQ.com. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodlands Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.